podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 247. I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I am joined for this podcast by the usual crew, Carl, Scouse, Curry, Kapak, Cam, I've got a new motor branch, and Guy, can't come up with a nickname for you this week, Drinkle. Um, we have lots of things to chat to you about this week, um, which are comparatively topical um i tried to run these topics by the lads in the pre-show chat um but i was i was greeted with great apathy and um uh degree, bloody liar degree of, degree of unhelpfulness uh, which um not to mention the usual ridicule and mockery that i always receive from the lads but anyway i wanted to start off this week because i've been um oh, yeah deep in podcast uh, territory, um, trying to work out what's going on in the world. And it struck me that nothing ever changes, that the layers and strata are always the same, and it's always the same people trying to make sure that they have their nest feathered. You look at the situation that an awful lot of our listeners will be dealing with as they look around them in Britain. Uh, you look at the situation that an awful lot of listeners will be dealing with as they look around them in America and Christ knows we can't do that much different here in Ireland either. And I came across George Carlin. And George Carlin, many years ago, said this, which is basically a rundown society. Now, I'm going to interrupt this when it just starts getting funny. So what I would suggest to you is go and look this clip up afterwards. It's George Carlin on our similarities. Uh, and when he gets going on similarities, that's when the crack starts. But the early part is just pretty searing social commentary. About two minutes of this. So here we go. We'll play it for you now. Thank you very much. Well, tell you what. Now to balance the scale, I'd like to talk about some things that bring us together. Things that point out our similarities instead of our differences. Because that's all you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. <laughs> Fairly simple thing happens to work. You know anything different, that's what they're going to talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class. <laughs> I'm showing up at those jobs. So... So stirring up the shit is something I like to do from time to time, but I also like to know that I can come back to these little things we have in common, little universal moments that we share separately, the things that make us the same. They're so small we hardly ever talk about them. Did you ever look at your watch and then you don't know what time it is? 
and you have to look again. And you still don't know the time. So you look a third time and somebody says, what time is it? You say, I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever notice how sometimes all day Wednesday, you keep thinking it's Thursday? And it happens over and over all day long. And then the next day, you're all right again. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself standing in one of the rooms in your house and you can't remember why you went in there? <laughs> it goes on and it gets funnier, uh, but it was the early part that I wanted you to hear. Uh, Anyway, that's that, and uh, we can uh, discuss a, a, at a, a later date if we want to. Um, Carl Kalbach, how are you this week, and what have you got for us? Something quite similar. So I've got. Uh, it's a quote, and you'll recognize the quote straight away, but I just love this scene so much. Uh, it's from a film. I am your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. Well, how did you become king, then? The Lady of the Lake. Her arm clad in the purest shimmering silmite held aloft Excalibur from the bosom of the water, signifying by divine providence that I, Arthur, was ready to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. <laughs> Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some, some, fars not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. I love that scene so much. Then a bit later on, he, requ he requires it some, some uh, aquatic tart. <laughs> That's a remarkably on point for what... It, it and it really is, yeah. I've been thinking about that all day. That's that's so cool that the two things lined up like that. A little, little bit of societal uh, analysis. Yeah, I love that. But you better explain in case people are looking to source the the, the quotes where they're from. It's from the it's from the magnificent film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I think was nineteen seventy four, and it's got just just got Catherine Anthrax scene is fantastic. Um, Brave Brave Sir Robin. Obviously, there's the um, uh, the knife in the woods. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a scratch, you know, and all that, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, did yeah. you know that one of the extras in that film is Douglas Adams, who's paid like a fiver a day or something to be no in the crowd? Yeah. I did then, the, the, the then not famous um, Douglas Adams. Yeah, because he's like Scottish yeah. films in Scotland. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great start, and I do like that the two things connected very well. Um, what I was going to say was, I believe uh, Cam Branch is stirring the pot again by trying to you know divide and conquer and it, within the podcast setup it, within this small society cam branch is already looking to divide us with a, another quiz question am i right you are correct but i've just got a question for you, you you're opening a quote and you were saying how we were not sort of paying attention blah 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 was that your boris johnson moment my Boris Johnson moment. In what way do you mean this? My Boris Johnson moment. Well, he never tells the truth either, does he? <laughs> there you go. Calling for the Scottish courts. Brent, you can do politics too. Is what what he's saying there, listeners. Yeah, very I, much so. I've seen that. I, I I retweeted a couple of times. Have you seen the absolute state of Johnson? In that little clip where he's standing beside Varadkar, Varadkar's chatting away, and he starts to do little exercises with his arms yeah. because he's that bored and entitled and fucking detached from reality. It's incredible. I like, really his, little, I like his little frumpy face when he keeps losing vote, votes, and it's sort of like you know, this is Nanny didn't say this would happen. 
I demand instant power. Oh, it's tremendous crack. I, I can't get enough of looking at the faces on him and Gove and Mog. It's just great crack watching that car wreck, but hopefully, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a great section uh, was it a few days ago where they had a 90-minute debate, and the 90-minute debate was everyone just standing up and call him a twat. And he had to still sort of <laughs> sit there and take it. So, yeah. okay, we've got 89 minutes to go. All right, I come to the SMP. Off you go, come on. <laughs> and, that's when, and that's when Jess Phillips did the, the, the fantastic, you know, I would have voted, even if I'd not known what it was, I would have voted against it just because it was you. <laughs> so that was a great speech. Listen, you know, you make your bed, fair play to him. Uh, so, Cam, uh, after getting a sideways snide dig in at me and comparing me to that fucking oaf, uh, you wanted to, uh, you wanted, thanks for that. You wanted to, well, look, uh, you had similar hairstyles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Very similar. Good observation, good observation. Uh, they, seriously, the 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 wit is on uh, set to stone tonight, Camp. Excellent. The question, get on with it. Cool. The question. All right. Um, this is a good one. I think you'll like this. Who is the only international footballer to have played in four decades? Oh, that's good. I love that. So, not, yeah. 79 to 2000. If you say so. Why are you saying that particular grouping? Do you have a person in mind? I'm just thinking, because there's a lot of people who appeared in a lot of consecutive World Cups. Like Matthias did, didn't they? Did Dino Zoff? No. Yeah, that would be him. I keep he 40-something. That's, But it's probably... Yeah, it's not... It's not it's not Zidane, is it? It's not Zidane? Adam Lallana, Greg. <laughs> no. Close, hey, hang on, hang on. 98, no, was Zidane's first World Cup was 98, was it? So, yeah, that's not him. Oh, was, was he there in 94? No, he couldn't have been. I think he was. Was he? Yeah, as a, young, as a youngster, yeah. Ronaldo still, was on the bench. Still in the 90s, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that would be 94, 98. Four decades. This really is something, Carl. I thought you just you'd have off the top of your head. I don't know. I I I'm at a loss, man. Um, I'm I'm, relu- I'm reluctant to allow too much more dead air. All right, we- I'll, I'll give you a small clue. Right. Not Beckenbauer. Uh, it's not Beckenbauer. It's not Bobby Charlton, as Guy has said. He did play for Liverpool. He played for. I will say he didn't play enough for Liverpool. Immediately, I thought of Yari Lippen in there, which it isn't. Um, oh, wait. Round of applause for Trent Downey. He played for Finland in the 70s. Yari Lippen. Hang on. Did you not start off by saying, oh, yeah, four decades? Oh, that's fucking much. Wow. Wow. So I'm right, 79 to 2000-ish. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Look at Carl reckons he's getting a share of the credit there. I'll take, I'll take the point. You can, you can not have the point. I will give you a, I'll, I'll, I'll donate some of the point to you. But, uh, that's good. That's a good question. I love that. I'm going to annoy the shit out of people with that one tomorrow. That's great. Fair play, Cam. You're coming up the goods with these things, I have to say. I have my moments. 
We do have your moments. Um, so topics that I wanted to talk about, uh, like I said um, to the listeners earlier on, that you were also um, unenthused about, I just thought it was great crack. Uh, did you not enjoy, um, Mr. Branch, the uh, several spats that occurred between um, the last show that we did and this one, between the likes of Owen and Shearer, between the likes of Roy Keane and... Uh, Johnny Walters very specifically and the rebuttals in each case were probably even better crack I mean tell me you've been enjoying those I've not seen an awful lot of them um, I've sort of been keeping my head down and keeping out of things this last week for some strange reason um, I saw a little bit about um, Roy Keane and Johnny Walters and how he said he invited him round and even gave him his address and uh, he still didn't come round funnily enough, you know, and he's still waiting for him. And Neville's just sat there and looks um, absolutely in awe of what Rocky, Roy Keane is saying, isn't he? He's uh, absolutely gobsmacked at some of these stories. Um, but I think it's in the same breath. Go on. I think as well, Neville is remarkably awkward for a lot of that conversation because Keane has been so critical of United um, and Ferguson in particular. I mean, he went, he went on a rant at one stage about Ferguson and given basically the nepotism that he, he had uh, employed at United where his son got a contract and basically Keane yeah. employing football or his brother got a job as a scout is, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said at one stage he would have given his wife a job if he could have. Mm-hmm. Um now, I think an awful lot of people kind of like to applaud Roy, Keen, Roy Keane's great honesty, and I, I kind of had admired that about him in the past, but mm. across the line, it's just bitterness there. Um, it, it, the, exactly that. You know, the, the, the yeah. stuff about John Walters. John Walters did a show um, in response with Kelly Cates, actually, uh, in which he is just very calm and explains exactly what actually happened and his take on it. Believe me, Roy Keane does not come out well. He does not come out well. Yeah, I would advise anyone to go and look that up. It's a, it's an interesting interview that he does with Kelly Case. You can, you'll get it if you look it up through Twitter or whatever, or YouTube, I'd imagine. Um, but my God, it really comes out bad. But the other one, uh, Carl, which you'll have, you'll definitely have seen, uh, involves one of our own, um, ex-players, Michael Owen. And, uh, one of our, one it, of our own. In- yeah, I, I did finish, I did finish the sentence. Uh, uh, and his, his spat with, with Alan Shearer. And I found this to be tremendously diverting as well because it would appear, Carl, as if Michael Owen literally has no port in which to dock his, uh, ship. I mean, Nobody likes him anymore. Michael Owen given lectures on loyalty. I mean, <laughs> straight away, we're already um, crashing headfirst into the mountain of irony there, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. You tell us what loyalty is, Mike. How, often, how long does it take you to run down your contract so you get your big money moved? And then you had the temerity to say, oh, but I wanted to move that to Liverpool. I was, I was amazed he took the bloody phone call. Oh, no, no time for him whatsoever. And someone made a really good point about Michael Owen. Is as, as you're absolutely right, Travis. Is which club considers him to be their player? Because he t- he took the piss at Newcastle. United, he was just a scout who scored against against City, but you know, not no real love there. And Stoke, he, he pretty much just went for the money. Um, Real Madrid, he never really made the cut there either. The be- the best place he played, but in his football was was for Liverpool, and he gave it away for the the Michael Owen brand. Uh, and I, I'm I'm not the greatest Alan Shearer fan. I, I I quite like the man, but um, 
if there's an argument between the two of them, I think there's, I know which one I'd rather listen to. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be along the same lines as you when it comes to Shearer's pond, and I find him incredibly priggish and not actually that insightful um, when it comes to analysis of the game. Um, he's a bit of a stuffed shirt uh, on BBC, and I don't really enjoy what he contributes in that regard. You know, there's only one there's only one winner in that argument, and it seemed as if Michael Owen had trumped him with his uh, comments where he revealed about you know Shearer's apparent uh, you know close move to Liverpool under. Julier and all that kind of stuff, but I think someone had pretty much exposed that as uh, gammy timelines on Michael's part. Of yeah, course, I, th- I, th- I think so because because the, the big story around that time was because United wanted him, and he said, "No, I'm going to go to my boy town club." Liverpool were never mentioned around that time. Yeah, and, and to be fair, he had he had uh, he had a book coming out. And that's what it all came down to. He wanted to stir up. And I think, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, his colleague, um, Mr. Mulby said of him during the week, oh, you know, Michael, he doesn't really care what people think of him. Um, he says that to me a few times. He doesn't really care what people think of him. And I don't know whether Jan was buying into that, but it does seem to be the case. I mean, when you think about it, those last few months at, at Newcastle, Maybe that whole year he was getting the helicopter into training and away from training, heading back to his horses and his life away from all that nonsense. You know what I mean? He just he 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 has no he has no home that kid. But but yet I believe is a Liverpool ambassador. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I struggle with that. I do. D- did he refer to to United as we? But he did. Ago? Yeah. All the time, he did. Yeah, it's, it, on, a, on, on a few occasions. He's a very confused chap, you know. Uh, anyway, speaking of loyalty, and I do want to come back to that a little bit in, in uh, as 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 a, a theme because um, something came into the back of my head there, and it's just not appropriate now. But I'll bring it back at the end. Um, apparently, guy, uh, and maybe you guys, if you're multiple screens on the go, there uh, is watching the. Um, Vincent Company testimonial in the background. And the story that was breaking during the week, Cam, was that, you know, there was discussions over and back between City fans, some of them whose opinions I'd respect about whether or not it would be appropriate to boo James Milner at a fucking testimonial. Now, I struggle immensely with this as a concept. Um, I saw one man, again, who shall remain nameless, but is normally reasonably calm, except when he gets a bit upset, talking about how... You know, maybe Milner had said that he wanted to go away to win trophies and that might have rubbed people up the wrong way at City. But honestly, how could City have anything but respect for a fella like that? And I bring you back, Cam, to the simple fact that it's a bloody charity game. Mm. Who's booing people at a charity game unless it's massively in jest? I mean, that's ridiculous, right? It's unbelievable. Um, You're going there to respect the man who's given you all that service and loyalty and taken big paychecks from you and uh obviously you know he's not done it for the love of it but you know you you can genuinely say vincent company is a man city legend there aren't many of man city legends darius for and benjani or whatever they're definitely not legends <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so vincent company is a legend at man city he was a a fantastic servant of the club, you know, brilliant Tony, defender. Tony Coulton? 
Tony Coton. He had a lovely sash and a nice perm. Nicholas Well, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? You've you've brought up an interesting question there, Cam, about, and I think Carl touched on it last week about we were chatting about what city used to be, mm. uh, and it's come up on it's come up on at least one show I've done since, and you know, and I I'm it's not about their success now. It's, I'm I'm not factoring that in, but it's more about this fan base and and what they actually are. Are they nouveau fans? Are they are they the, are they the equivalent of the crowd who suddenly supported Chelsea when Chelsea were doing well a few years ago? Blackburn. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Suddenly there were Blackburn fans. Um, I mean, what what exactly are they? Because again, and you said it, uh, Carl. I recall being very fond of that club. Not because they were no threat or any condescending thing like that, but because I quite liked the club. Like in a, the, a similar fondness that I used to have in the eighties for West Ham. But City were just these perpetual, you know, hard luck stories, and they did have some fantastic footballers. I remember I used to love watching Georgie Kincladze. I was going to say exactly the same. What thing. a what a what a footballer he was. I mean, you know, yeah, I was like. And again, it's nothing to do with the condescending thing of they were no threat back then, because King Clancy was playing in the 90s when we were shit. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's happened to uh, what that fan base is. I would have thought they had, and you, Carl, maybe you can speak to this if, you, if you're a guy who's gone to a few ways in City. Like I said, it's the one place I haven't been. Um, but like, surely they must have a whole lot of old school fans who don't buy into this shit. I think it's the same with Chelsea as well. I know a few old school Chelsea fans. I think, that, to be honest, they love it because um, I've got a mate, Jason, who's a City fan, and he said to me, I'm, I'm, "To be honest, I'm milking every single second of it because I, I was I was in the third division with them." Yeah, so, yeah. You know, if I'm playing, you know, the Champions League semi final against Real Madrid, I'm going to Madrid, and I will take anything that's coming. Yeah. So you know, it's it, there's a certain level of sort of you know, um, there's a sense of this won't last forever. Yeah, uh, as maybe United are finding out at the moment, and you know, in Chelsea. But um, so I, I don't sort of, I, I do know a lot of old City fans, and and then there's there's no cynicism. There's like, yeah, this is absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Because it's just, well, look, obviously, because because the the man chose the man with the money just chose them one day and said, you shall be, you know, the the champions of the country. I will throw money at you all day. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think there's any, that, any level like that, but I'm the same with you. Know, I've, I've got a romantic view. I, I go back even further to like Peter Barnes and Casimir Dana and Willie Donaghy and Paul Power and people like that. Francis Lee. Uh, right, well, oh, hey, how old are you? Think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, a, you're you're older than me. I'm, I'm what, four days older than you. I think it is. Cam. Um, and, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean Dennis Stewart and people like that. So, so when, when City used to be on, I used to really like them because I, I like their kits. The only thing I didn't like was the first name of their club name, and um, and that's still the case today. But I've still got a little. I'm the same with West Ham as well. But I've always got. There's a little bit of West Ham I really like. I don't particularly like this incarnation of West Ham because I think their fans are knobheads at times. But, yeah, um, it's it's interesting that we 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 would share that because I don't know what it was. I did have a fondness for them. Do you remember that that year where they ran us really close? It was 86, 85? It was. Yeah. It was the double year, yeah. um, and they had McAvaney and Tony. Cotty, Cotty, and, yeah. uh, they had, you know, they had, they had some. Uh, actually, freaking Billy Bonds was still in the squad at forty. Bonds, I think, yeah. You know, um, and there was something to like about yeah, that Alvin team. Martin. Alvin Martin. Alvin yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, but uh, I, I, I always liked it when they had Alan Devonshire and Trevor Booking. Okay. Yeah, they were there. Like, cool. When they won, no, they, no, they, they won the FA Cup eighty one, I think it was, and I, I really enjoyed it. No, it was eighty. Sorry, nineteen eighty. Sorry. Last, yeah. last, last second division side to win the FA Cup. That's Brooking header, I believe. Yeah, right? Brooking header from yeah. about uh, six that. inches out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in, well, well sat on the floor. It's yeah. an, it's it's amazing how we remember these things. And again, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you could you could kind of revel in stuff like that. I don't know. I I, I just I I'm, I I'd hate to think. Not that I particularly care about Manchester City's well-being, but I would hate to think that that, that kind of soulless thing has crept in. You'd like you, don't, think, you, don't, you don't want them to become Chelsea, but they no, have. Chelsea. I mean, they have. Well, I mean, I mean, that's ultimately this is what money does to a football club. It 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 goes from top to bottom, and it goes outwards and upwards and sideways every it, week. It drives the soul out. That's what it yeah, does. and at the end of the day. Well, they everybody wants to win. We all want we want our team to win, and they get to stage for a lot of clubs, a lot of teams. They'll take anything. And City, like you say, they they they've been through so much over so many years. They were always in the shadow of their whatever you want to call those twats down the road, and they've you know that it's it's been bubbling up inside in for years, but. A lot of a lot of these fans. I don't think it's the old old school fans, like you said, Trevor. You know, like you were saying, asking, is it the old? School? It's not. It's the new breed. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, well, I will admit that even even like my mate, who's been a City fan through the the, the bad days, uh, has become vaguely unbearable uh, in the way that I'd like to think. We've been unbearable uh, this summer, not in a bad way, just kind of absolutely like newfound arrogance and belief in the in the team. And why wouldn't you believe in that side? Because they're fucking incredible. Um, and I, that, so I don't, I, I, you know, I, I can, I can genuinely t- take a step to one side and go, I'm actually glad for people like that who suffered through horrors that they've got, been given this gift from nowhere. And who knows how long it'll last? Maybe it'll last a long time, but. Here's the really interesting thing on building tours because you both have seen this uh, graphic going around over the last couple of days on the money spent on the current squad. And the top 10 are Arsenal, 498 million, so say 500 million. And uh, this is in euros. Atletico, 550. Number eight is Chelsea, 561. Liverpool come in at seven with 639. And then a little, a considerably more than that is 697. That's Barcelona, number six. 719 million euros, Juventus, at five. Manchester United are at number four with another uh, 40 on top of that, 751 million or 30 on top of that. Now, the jump to number three and Real Madrid is massive. So if United on 751 million on their current squad in number four. Real Madrid, 902 million in number three. It jumps a little bit to Paris Saint-Germain and 913. And then surprise, surprise, a sizable jump again to Manchester City, 1.01 billion on the current squad. Since when? This is money spent on current squad. Current squad, wow. So so, I guess you you, you piece together. Because of wages. Is it inclusive of wages, Carl? I didn't know that. I think over here it'd have to be, because I think that would explain United. Yeah, but it's Euros because, as well. It's not it's not uh, it's not pounds. Yeah, that's true, yeah. 
Well, there's no overall different sides. Well, it's, like well, it's nine hundred million, isn't it? Pounds, roughly, give or take. If it's a billion. You say that, but the people took a vote in 2016, Trev, and that should be respected by the people in this house. <laughs> Go, on, Go on, do it, do it. Go on. I've been, I've been watching a bit too much of Parliament this week. We, 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 the reason I say this list is because we were discussing it before. No, no, what, just, no, no. Just, I, just I, 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 no, Brexit sorry, I, I, I will not stand for this. <laughs> do it. Go on, Carl. I, I, I will be trying. No, no, I am not going to sit here and listen to this. I will not give way. No, I, will not I, give I way. demand that you do. Okay. There we go. Unlock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> Cam needs to figure out how to make that my ringtone. Yeah, Cam wants to do that to be his ringtone. Just, just John Burke out show. Oh, it's, delightful. it's delightfully camp, the way you do oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he does the thing where he screws up his shoulder as he says it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a very. Uh, it turns out, um, considering the breed and class of you know, uh, uh, general uh, politician lizard that he's from, he seems to have been quite a popular chap. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a fantastic quote I saw from a, from a Tory MP who hates him. And he says, and this is the worst put down I think I've ever heard. He says, he deserves his wife. I mean, <laughs> God, that's love. Wow. <laughs> he, he deserves his wife. Whoa! I said, not not only is he bad, I'm just throwing his wife in there as well. Everyone, not a fan then, though. That's that seems excessively mean. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what did you say? What, what, are you looking stuff up live on on, on the I internet? Want, I want to see who his wife is. Oh, I think it's, I, no, I think it's more of a personality thing than. All oh, right. It's not, nothing, to do, mm. nothing to do with Mrs. Hodge. There you go. It's, it's only a matter of time before we get round to the full references like Mrs. Parrott. Uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I did want to uh, just mention one thing to do with uh, international football. And that no, is... sorry, can I just go back to one thing you said, though, Trev, about yeah. new, new Vo City fans? Yeah, go ahead. In, in the interest of balance, we did not get some knobheads, knobheads after Istanbul. Uh, Carl, you've never said a truer thing in this podcast. We are now absolutely infested with them to the point that it makes being uh, online uh, in a bigger broader community quite excruciating at times yeah uh, very difficult at times to think that you're standing under the same banner as some of the less likable chaps I'll use a euphemism um, that we seem to be plagued with um, it's remarkable uh, I, I do. I think you're dead right. I, I go out my way to point that out as well. When people are slagging off United fans or Chelsea fans or Nouveau City fans, we need to take a little look around our own little groups and corners as well. Um, On the day of the 2007 European Cup final, I was in a pub in London, and a man with a Steven Gerrard shirt asked me which club Mark Lawrenson used to play for. He gets it. Yeah, he gets it. There you go. What a guy. So, so, you know, we're not blameless in any of this. Nah, 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 nah. It's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fact. Did you buy him a pint? Say again? Did you buy him a pint? Um, no. And then pour I, it over I, his I, head. I think, I think my conversation ended at just two words. No, three, because I think I threw the word wall in at the end. <laughs> just two words. Uh, <laughs> because the night wasn't going well. <laughs> and I decided to take it on him. 
for asking a stupid question while wearing a Liverpool shirt. Trev, uh, just just for reference, I'll put a picture in the uh, in the group. Yeah, just seeing Mrs. Burkow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, listener, you're getting a lot today. You're getting satire. <laughs> you're getting royal references. Me shouting, oh, dear. I tell you what, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. B, the other Mrs. B, has has got quite a natty shoulder tattoo. Fair play to her. That's uh, that's always a nice thing to see uh, on a, of an evening. I was about to ask you. I, was and I, also, ha- I also think we've got a title for the podcast. Though, well. <laughs> Have we? Order the other, the, the other Mrs. B. The other Mrs. B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like a novel I want to read. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, there you go. The other Berlin girl there. The other Mrs. B. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, God, we're just tying it together here. Carl, I did want to ask you an uh, international football related question, and it's not, yes. about, it's, not about, it's not about international football at all. Okay, it's okay. actually it's actually about the fact that Jordan Shakiri decided not to play international football and stay at home and 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 and, and, and swat his role as a as a red on the training ground and. I had missed this entire story and I was much ridiculed for not knowing that this had happened. I guess you're one of the people who was in the know and didn't know what was going on. It says yeah, a lot, I think. Sort of a top ITK, mate, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it does say a lot about him, right? I, 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 I was massively enthused by that little anecdote. Well, I've just, I've just they're playing tonight in Switzerland, and I, I literally flicked through the channel's name of 4-0 up, so they're doing well without him. I don't know if that was a friendly or, or, or a, I think it was a qualifier, actually. Um, yeah, I like I like that sort of thing. I obviously I'd like all of Liverpool players to say, yeah, do you know what? I think I'm going to stay at home for this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I don't know if it's going to work for him because he hasn't started a game this season. Um, he will get his chance. Obviously, we've got MK Dons next week, so or the week after, whatever it is. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd rather people play for Liverpool than play for their international. Uh, I, I, I think I think where I was going with it was apparently, you know, in the same way that Adrian was going to get a lot of working on in this period of time and get a chance to develop some good habits um, and maybe lose some bad ones. Maybe that spell, a period of time might be. I, I do believe that Klopp thinks he can coach people into a new level of usefulness. I think he thinks that he's done that with Adam Lallana. It's just that Adam doesn't realize that. <laughs> That Jurgen thinks he's done it yet, um, but but I do believe that Jurgen believes in his ability to coach lads to a new level. And uh, on that cam, I mean, it is. I mean, I feel really sorry for Jurgen Shakiri as a footballer because I really rate him. I think he's got a lot to offer, but clearly there must be something that Jurgen thinks is a miss, or he would feature more, right? You'd think so because he was beginning to sort of find his feet in the middle of last season and then he just disappeared. Yeah. And it and it makes you wonder why, what has happened. Something Lester, must have I think, happened. I think I think it's Leicester at home. He, he started the game Leicester at home and he was really poor. And then I think maybe the managers thought, Do you know what? You're you're ready with fifteen to go. And I think he thinks the same thing about um Alana as well. And I th- I think maybe something happened in that Leicester game but he's just you know, possibly. Do you think it? Do you think it comes down to some simple enough thing that he maybe isn't doing enough of the of of the defensive work, or because surely it can't be about his inability to contribute in one game? Because Christ alive, if that was the case, there's several Reds who'd never play again. 
Do you know what I mean? How many times did he endure poor performances from several lads who stuck around and managed to keep? Yeah, their but, but I think it's a I think it's a psychological thing as much as anything, though. As in, you know, you don't you don't want to see him come on at one one with fifteen to go because think you know we're all tired now and he, and this lad can get behind us. So I think he's thinking it from a sort of an impact thing rather than you know go for the throat option. Yeah, I guess so. And I suppose you have to remember that we are very very blessed that the. Uh, there is a lot of choice, um, and the guys are available, and that's the thing, Cam. It's very, very encouraging to see. You know, Mo had this time off as well. I think Sadio mm. did too. I did, yeah. Uh, neither of them needed to travel. This can only bode well for the weekend, and you know, we might as well just do, do, devote a little bit of time to. Um, speaking of loyalty, you know, um, I was I meant to mention it earlier on. We were chatting about loyalty. We've got Stevie Bruce at the weekend in Newcastle. Hey. And, 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 and good old Steve Bruce and his big fat head with his CV that we spoke about the last time that he came up. <laughs> it's a remarkable thing. I, 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 I still can't get my head around it. All the immediate rivals that he's coached. He really is the the ultimate sort of jobbing manager. He's like he's, he's top, a mercenary, mercenary manager. Yeah, he's 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 quite high uh, up on the list of those of the of the the circuit. You know the 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 the, the fat Sam, uh, um, Alan Kerbish that used to be in there. T- uh, Tony, um, Mark Hughes, Pulis, Mark Hughes, these guys. Kirbishly oh, used to be in uh, uh, Not you mean parts. Big parts used to be in it as well. Uh, so, but, but actually, Bruce seems to be, if not, oh, and of course, McLaren was in there for a while. If, if he's not top, he's very close because he just gets jobs. He just keeps getting jobs. And I asked again, um, the, the Danish fellow, what do you think he does? Like, what does he do? I don't know what he does as a manager. And and then I looked at the team, and I don't know if you've seen how they've been getting on since he's been there. Um, they have four points, Newcastle do. Uh, they are currently, I think it's 14th in the uh, table. But there's a huge, uh, well, there's about five or six teams on four points, including Burnley, who going into the game against us were quite proud of those four points and had been told that they were doing very well. Uh, I think Newcastle have one win. They managed to beat Spurs. Yeah, I think they managed to beat Spurs at Spurs. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they, they drew at Watford at home after that. And they've drawn with Watford in their last game at home. Yeah, and I'm looking at the way they line up, and it's I'm wondering is this the Steve Bruce thing? Or I think they were playing with five at the back anyway. They have Fabian Scher uh, and Les- Jamal Lascelles and and Paul Dummett as a three. Um, and and you know I'll tell you what I. I Cher did very well against us, uh, against the Republic of Ireland during the week. Um, good player, good player, I think. Yeah, he, he was, he, he, he got an annoyingly decent goal. Um, I do, I think Lascelles is a very classy baller. Dummett's Dummett. And then they've got the Willems and, uh, Kraft either side. They, they're, they're kind of wing backs. The two in midfield they've got is this, uh, long staff kid who there's yeah. a lot of buzz about, uh, alongside, uh, Hayden. Um, and then they've got a, a mixture. They've got Atsu and Al Moran, and sometimes they bring in, um, uh, there's another fella I can't think of. They've got John Joe Shelby, who's not making the grade at the moment. Um, and have you got Ben Caleb? 
Javier Manquillo, he's he, X Red, and then they've got yep. this their, their new boy Joe Linton. Joe Linton Travel Tavern, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the, what what it seems to be is that he's organised them into a semi-solid side. But I'm wondering, is there anything? Do you know that confidence that you feel now about the Reds that you haven't felt possibly ever, or at least not since the good old days? Um, I feel that again going into this game, and it's not. I don't feel nervous about saying it because what did these have that that Burnley didn't have? Um, do you see anything there, Carl, that we should be a little bit um, wary of, or am I missing out some only complacency? And they they beat Tottenham, but Tottenham didn't have a shot in the entire game. And if this game isn't over in half an hour, I want to know why, because this is the sort of game that we should be winning with their eyes shut. We've mm-hmm. had a nice rest. Um, you know, Trent only played a bit for England, um, and that was a walk in the park. And, um, Robertson's obviously played as captain for his first two games against Scotland. But Liverpool beat Newcastle at home. We beat them 4-1 last year. Was it 4-0? 4-0, I think it was. Uh, Boxing Day. And yeah, Liverpool beat Newcastle. And I, I know, I think Burnley away was different, but Liverpool at home for a start, the job's half done. I think the, the only problem we, we might have is complacency, but I can't see that being a thing this year. I don't think, and this is one of the glorious things, Cam, about this new setup. Um, there was a, there were so many things that used to plague us as a club, and one by one, Jurgen's dismantled them with his current squad. And one of those things was midday kickoffs, whether they came after a, a midweek game or not. Midday kickoffs were not really, you know, our cup of tea. We didn't like them much. Mm, we preferred the later ones. I don't think it's going to matter a shite, to be honest with you, um, whether it's midday or midnight with this crowd. Because as Carl says, you know, I'm just going, to, going down through it. Obviously, Adrian's just been coached. Joel Matip has had a complete rest as well and just been coached. Um, Virgil played two games. Um, uh, Robbo played two. Trent played a bit. Some of the midfielders played. Ginny Wijnaldum played two games. Hendel. Did Hendel play? I know, played two games. Uh, yeah, we did, yeah. Fabinho, I think, was away with Bobby, right, for right. Brazil. Fabinho didn't play, but he didn't. He didn't. But but he still he's Bobby had did, to and all that. Yeah. And then when then we have our other two front men who've had a who've had the time just to 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 take a break and do a bit of uh, do a bit of work on the training ground. So, as Carl says, like we really should not just have a bit too much for him. We should really. We should be in a position where we're putting these really to the sword. You'd think logic dictates that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable at this moment in time thinking that we will win the game. Um, I don't, nothing about Newcastle overly worries me. I watched a bit of that, um, Newcastle Spurs game and, uh, Spurs just played badly. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't you go know, behind. Yeah, that's all it was. They just played badly, and um, you know, they just didn't know what to do with the ball. Yes, Newcastle defended well. You know, they'd got a. They'd obviously had a serious rollicking because the week before they lost to Norwich three 0 I think it was, and Pookie scored a hat trick. So, um, you know, they they suddenly went ultra. They would have gone ultra defensive. They got to go on a break or however it was, and. It's at Anfield and 
And like you say, the early kickoff doesn't worry me. We never have a problem with the early kickoffs when we played Arsenal, did we? Every Arsenal no. game seems to be an early kickoff. We always used to smash them. We've always smashed them. So like, I'm not saying we're going to smash Newcastle, but um, I don't see anything less than three points. I remember just on the early kickoffs, I don't know why this came into my head, but I, I always had an odd fondness for Styrus Kyriakos. And I recall watching him one day sitting in a pub in Dublin where I'd been out the night before, stayed in the hotel, and went off to watch the Reds on my own because no one I was in the company of gave a shit about football. Do you remember a game against Everton that was a, a midday game? I think it was only about 2010 or something. And it was that team with Kyriakos and all the boys. And I just remember I enjoyed the hell out of it, but I couldn't tell you what the score was. One nil, dirt count. Was that Dirky, a Dirky winner? Yeah, so when, when Kyriakos got sent off for basically just going through somebody. And, yes. Uh, we, we, we really held on, count score from a corner, and we just had a few dodgy results. We really, really had to dig in because we just couldn't lose this derby. Yeah. Um, they, they literally fought tooth and nail. It was a horrible game, and I absolutely loved every minute of it. Yeah, that's that's the feeling I came away from. But for whatever reason, again, post-night um, out, uh, got lost in the mists of time and my shite memory. So uh, thanks for thanks for the, uh, the heads up on that. I, I, am, I am Liverpool Wikipedia at times. It's quite frightening. <laughs> It's it's great. It's 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 a handy pod resource, my friend. It's a handy pod resource to have, and you know, uh, if anyone calls me veteran writer on this podcast, I will. Have one. Hang on, who called you veteran writer? Um, Leanne and Tom all the time used to refer to me. Please welcome our next guest, and our next guest is veteran writer Paul Oh man, yeah. Oh veteran. man, veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still got a a bullet lodged next to your heart from the uh, <laughs> from the psalm. <laughs> I'm texting it now. I want to give you a minute to talk about um, their old old vet. I want to give you a minute to talk about... um, Hey! Hey! Hey, hey! I remember when this is all feels. I want to give you a chance to talk about an article that you have been um, chatting about. It's a very... Uh, uh, relevant topic that we've raised on the on the show before, and that's the whole uh, trademarking malarkey. And I did want I wanted to just give you a few minutes to give your take on that as regards to the local businesses, because I saw some ah, uh, you know, well-meaning but perhaps maybe not clued in, and then some other people. Um, being very condescending in response, so I just wanted to give you a chance to give a kind of a your level-headed take on 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 that topic if you wanted to do that. Well, the whole point about this is the fact that the Newcastle game has been a call for fans going into the ground to wear a T-shirt from um, not just the, some of the sites I write for, and I'll do, these are people I know, um, so things like hat, scarf, or a badge um, to wear their T-shirts, or, or you know anyone else, or like eighties or Aces Casuals or Transalpino, just to basically celebrate the fact that there are independent designs going on. Not everything has to come through the club. It's not, and I can't emphasize this enough, Trev, it is not a protest. Because I've had people saying, oh yeah, you destabilize the club and I criticize the owners when we're European champions. That's clever, isn't it? It's not that at all. It's nothing to do with the trademarking issue. I spoke about it in an article I wrote today, um, which if you look under my name, the sensor, you'll see. Um, 
And people are very, very keen to look at this thing as if I'm... So One of the first comments I ran about it today was, uh, yeah, but the club are quite right to uh, to copyright the term mutant kits to stop dodgy replica kits going on. And I said, I, I literally said that in the second paragraph. Yeah, read, yeah, read yeah. The, read the fucking article. But my favourite one so far is... Um, can I just say, I, I write for another website, uh, and um, one of the comments I read on Facebook today was, they're only annoyed because it basically means the Anfield Rap can't send sell t-shirts. Yeah, because I'm really raking it in from Anfield Rap <laughs> t-shirt sales, aren't I? So I'm going to go and different. It's absolute bollocks. It's not, it's not a process at all. It's just basically, if we lose, if those independent um, designers, pe people like Franny at um, Terrace Ultra, who does some fantastic stuff, if, if people like that get knocked out again, then we're just going to be wearing New Balance forever. And the, the club are very, very good at what they do at the moment. They've really, really improved. I, I mentioned in the article, I really like the inside Anfield feature, even though it's the same thing every two weeks. But I still, but I still watch it because of things I like about it. But you've got to have an independent voice outside of the club. And just because... I, I had it when, when, we wrote, when me and Sasha wrote the book. Uh, we're everywhere. Ross first someone said to me, you're just making money off the club. And I just thought, yeah, I am. Because I've supported Liverpool for 40 years. And believe me, Liverpool are very much up on the deal about who's get, getting money from who here. Um, there's no, It's not a bad thing to, to make money from T-shirts about Liverpool. It's not theft. But at the same time, uh, obviously, if there's, there's the whole copyright in the name of the city thing, which is absolutely... That can't happen. That just can't happen. That's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, and exactly, um, and we we did cover that topic before, and I think yeah. I think we were reasonably uh, clear in, in 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 our in our approach to how sort of daft that is. I did see some hard headed business chat, um, by very um you know sensible people, um, sort of butting up against that. But I think the two things have gotten a bit conflated, as you say, this thing about um. It's a, it's an act of support for local businesses that have sort of in, become part of the fabric. Um, yeah. and, and I, also, the like, thing is, Trevor, this stuff's really good and it's affordable. That's that's kind of where that's, I'm at with it as well. That's the big thing, yeah. I, I yeah. can't afford to buy a New Balance shirt. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but if Mick's got something like a cat's scarf and a bunch of picture Ray Kennedy on, guess which one I'm going to buy? Yeah, but that's that's it. Like, I mean, I fe I found myself in the wake of the Champions League having a look and finding a couple of fantastic T-shirts on on Love Follow Conquer, and I'm right, I'm having them. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. These are, as you say, they're sort of like little uh, uh, satellites in the orbit of the club, and and yeah. it should be encouraged rather than sort of seen as. Encourage the culture. That's what it's about. That's it. There's, the a, there's such a difference between that and what I saw someone saying, yeah, but, you know, people are selling knockoff kits. But that's got nothing to do with it. Knockoff no. kits is, is, is someone who's, who's, who's uh, uh, you know, in direct conflict with New Balance. That's, that's not... That's not what what's being talked about here at all. Yeah, so yeah. I think it, it's just important to be a little bit level headed with it and not be so. I saw some people being on both sides being incredibly condescending. It doesn't help. It just doesn't help any level of debate. Cam, did you want to weigh in on this? Or are you happy enough? No, just a quick couple of points. Um, wearing replica football kit is becoming a phenomenon over the last ten, fifteen years. I I'd say uh, at the ground. I mean, if I remember rightly, um, and Carl and, and Trev, you'll probably tell me, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. We were, as a club, 
synonymous with the fact that we never wore colours. Yeah. Oh, I wear yeah. don't wear colours. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was it was our thing. We yeah. are Liverpool. We're not going to follow the norm. We don't do that. This is who we are. Uh, to the extent that I'd still be like that, Cam. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm the opposite. I like wearing. I like on a match on a match day. If I'm going to match, or even if I'm at home, I like to wear something Liverpool. Yeah, that's just the way I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah whether it be um, at at the ground, you know, whether I uh, whether it be a replica shirt of some kind, you know, like what you guys have been discussing, whether I bought it locally or online or wherever, whether it be a Liverpool shirt. Whether it be something I bought from from the shop, or whether it be something I, I wore from, I like to wear something football related, yeah, in some way, shape, or form. That's just I me. Th- I think yeah. most people do now, but I think, like, yeah. like I say, that's the I, way, that's the way yeah. it's become. Now, the fact that they're trying to trademark the city name, we, we, we've had that, we've had that discussion. It's, I think it's, I, I'm not comfortable with it. I understand why Everton have done it. They're a borough within a city, but who cares about Everton? Let's be honest. So forget that. But um, how much money are we actually talking about here? It's not millions. The club aren't losing millions from local businesses a year. No, it's it's, they're they're losing no money from local businesses. It is this knockoff kit stuff. That's the only issue. Well, the knockoff kit stuff is being produced abroad. Exactly. It's not being produced in Liverpool. That's what I'm saying. They shouldn't be conflated. The, yeah. the two things shouldn't be conflated. And you can't stop it from abroad. You no. can't stop it. You've got to then get the, the trademark in each and every country in the world. So if you go and get a trademark in India, fine, you stopped it in India, they'll go and produce it in China. Get it in China, fine. They'll go and produce it in Vietnam. Get it in Vietnam. Go and produce it in Cambodia. Get it in Cambodia. They'll go and produce it in Burma. Get it in Burma. They'll go and produce it in Thailand. Yeah, but the last the last three holiday proper holiday destination places I've been in around Europe, uh, I was in Kusadasi, I was in uh, Lake Garda. Um, previous to that, I was in Ghent, and in each of those, there were markets selling knockoff Liverpool kits, uh, imitation of the New Balance kits. You're never going to be able to get on top. No. I only look- bought one one day. Well, I can't remember where I was. Oh, it was in Madrid. It was a cracking copy. It was only like 20 quid for the shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Or 20 euros, the guy was asking. I'm like, well, why would... Who in their right mind wouldn't think, oh, I've got, I might as well have that. It was a new shirt for the season. Do you know, do you know what they're really good for, those things? It's when you go like... So, so I went to Malaga a few years ago. And I very nearly bought the Malaga kit because it was like 15 euros. And I know nothing about Malaga, but I just thought, it's a kit and I'm in Malaga. I might just buy the shirt. Yeah. It's that, it's that, that's the level of buy-in you're looking for here. They're not going to go, oh, well, I, I can only buy New Balance because otherwise it won't be a true true red. It's for just people buying it for the kids and everything. And you're absolutely right. Peter Bowles will be walking around the market stalls of treat saying, excuse me, you know that four euro shirt you've got up on that, uh, hanging off the top of that door there next to the Juve and Barca one? I yeah. don't think you're allowed to do that. It's just yeah. it, it, it genuinely is. And, and you know, look, you see the thing, I, I sometimes I feel a little bit sort of like as if I don't have a right to have an opinion about this because I am, like I said, that old-fashioned guy. If I had anything with, even a scarf, I, I can't even wear a club scarf to a match if it's freezing. 
I just, I can't, I wear nothing at all of any marking. And I think I'm unusual in that. Although I think, Carl, you might be the same, right? I, I wear um, uh, local vendor t-shirts. Ah, okay. The last, the, the, okay. last time I wore colours to a game, I wore a 1976 Cup final shirt. So I might, I might go retro occasionally. I do like that, yeah. But 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 I but I wouldn't I wouldn't wear a Liverpool current shirt to a match. Yeah. My, my brother in law suddenly has the new Liverpool shirt and has never worn it. Which is nuts. You see <laughs> I, I, I got a game with it. Carl, I did that every season for years. I would go out and think, Oh, I like the new kit, I'd buy it, I'd buy you know, it's you know, especially if I was if I was feeling fit and healthy and I'd go and buy you know small or medium and think, Yeah, I'm gonna look great in that and I never wear the fucking things. Ever, ever, ever. Certainly never wear it to a match. So I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Um there are a couple of things left that we need to get through. Um actually there aren't, you know. I didn't want to talk about uh uh, what's our uh, uh, goalkeeping coach, uh, Achterberg, put out, a tweet, put out a tweet during the week, Cam? Do you see this with uh, the piece no. of video of, of Quivine Kelleher playing for Ireland? Doing yeah, I've dra- seen him doing, doing drag dance. Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Achterberg saying something about this is the kind of confidence we, we want to see. And I was like, oh, God, please. Yeah, I remember when Alisson did that against Leicester. That it, this, well. this is not the Alisson. Uh, uh, Andrew Alisson Anson. No, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it confidence is good. Confidence is good, and I, I did like to see that Kelleher was back and able to do a job because he is highly rated. So it, it will be interesting. And you know, on a on a sort of a, a less a more glum note, I don't know what you think, Cam, but I think there's a big danger that we mightn't see the main man for for a while yet. He's, he's back in like training, isn't he? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, but was that about, I, there was there was fellas analyzing videos of his training where uh, <laughs> you know they're saying oh, don't like don't like the look of that, don't like the look of that, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff. Even if it's experts, I just have to I have to back away because it just makes me upset. Yes, yeah, so, so, uh, so, someone was talking about the um, the ankle boot thing he's got on, and because it's a certain weight, it means it's this. Oh come yeah. on, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. In the cupboard. I know, it's just, yeah, like, and listen, I, again, I take my hat off the lads who are experts in all fields. I genuinely do. And I've, I don't have any issue with, with, uh, with that sort of analysis. I think, you know, fair play, there's room for everything. But I, yeah. you know, my take on it is that I always back away from that stuff because it makes me uneasy. Not because yeah. I don't agree with what they're saying, but because I don't want to be depressed by things I can't control. Uh, I would just think the way that Jurgen's talking about it means it could be a while yet. Um, but I think so. I think it'll be at least six to eight weeks. Personally, I just don't see how. I just don't see it for another six weeks at least. But for, I don't know why. I just have six weeks in my mind. So, um, we'll see. At the end of the day, let's just worry about Newcastle on Saturday. That's what I say. Take one game at a time. Where you know players get injured, they, they you know we've got we've got to cope with it. This is why you you have a squad, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just something's flashed across my computer screen as we're talking here, which seems to be, oh yeah, that's the thing. I, I actually tweeted this yesterday. It's a still from the new FIFA. And it's got Virgil and Mo. I don't know. Neither of you boys play games, do you? You're not computer no. gamers, either of you. No. Um, the boys look, um, quite, oh, the Pharaoh picture. Quite eerie looking. Yeah, they've got Guy Liner. Yeah, they both definitely yeah. got Guy Liner. I, my mum used to, uh, that's an Indian thing as well, you know. When we were little, 
What, I used to put them, they, they put, yeah, they used to put, I can't remember what it was called. Um, oh, Harinda's going to destroy me for this. Um, I honestly can't remember what it's called. But when I was little, they used to put it up. I've, I've got, there's photos of me somewhere with this, like that. It used to be an Indian thing, but oh. then they stopped doing it because they realized it had lead in it. Ah, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straight up with you. I've often thought, I'd, Look quite good in that. Yeah, it's not. It is. It's okay, you know. It yeah. is what it is, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Christ, we're talking makeup and boys on the show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where. That's where we go. Normal. These are the corners we go into. Uh, uh, Carl Kopak, and you know it. Why won't men commit? What? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Carl. That's the show I want to do. I, I mean, all this football bollocks. I would, I would love to do a full hour of why men won't commit. I would absolutely love it. And listeners, if you want that show, we'll do it as a special extra. <laughs> you'll have to talk to international brains. Listen, ask, ask Brainsheet. Oh, please. Ask Brainsheet. The, the, the amount of you that are out there listening to us, which we really appreciate. I don't understand what you guys mean. I haven't got a clue but, what you're talking but, about. But, 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 but how, come you don't, how come you don't talk to us on, on, on Instagram? Is it because so few of you are on Instagram? Carl Coppock thinks it's because you don't exist, even though the numbers are there. So if you do want to have any show requests, do hit up the uh, AI main account, because there's literally bugger all of you for some reason who are doing that or who are uh, interacting uh, I don't know lads if you know but just before we finish I don't know if you know but I'm I, okay, um, can I just say that my problem is I love too much that's why you you won't commit because you love too much yeah been hurt too often have you yeah 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 it's, I think I'm going a bit it's a hey, listen take a, <laughs> take a minute man take a minute you know, we're all we're all here for you. I'm lost. <laughs> you know what? You are you are uh I oftentimes I, I think it's it's a tie between myself and, and Carl Kopak for who who's the most unreconstructed male, but it's actually you, hands down. <laughs> How do you figure that out? It's just a fact, man. You 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 you've pulled the wall over eyes with the red paint, but we know, I, I know, <laughs> I know. Quite, you're the one who goes swan around demanding that your wife cooks your meals. You know, you just yeah. You, uh, Carl, you've met Mrs. B. Do you think I could demand anything? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Cam's job is to say yes to you. Yeah. What about the other Mrs. B? Oh, you know, actually, uh, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, that, that's the best bit of advice I always give to newlywed men. The two most important words in your life. The, yes. t- I, the two most important words in your life are garden yes. shed. Garden <laughs> shed. <laughs> we actually tidied it up. Uh, yeah. Because we had to get, obviously empty the garage out to get the, the new motor in. And, uh, oh, by the way, way yeah, listener update: the car we spoke about last week has arrived, and good God, it's a beaut. Yeah, it's lovely. It's actually stunning. Yeah, I, AI AI main on tour very soon. Uh, watch this space. Uh, sorry, anyway, you're, you're getting back to your newlywed advice. Let's oh yeah, yeah. I, I always say, say to newlywed uh, gents to the groom, the two most important words for you, lad. To ever forget this, yeah? And trust me, you will never ever go wrong with these two words. It's yes, dear. 
<laughs> it depends how you say that, man. <laughs> That's true. Well, you must get practicing then, Trev. Uh, listen, my, my mine's a lost cause. Many, many years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> lost cause. Uh, right, let's start wrapping it up. Uh, I, I did want to mention just before we go that uh, you know, you know, you are famous when you have a website dedicated to you. You know you are shit famous, as in a shit version of famous, when you have inaccurate Wikipedia information about yourself. Oh, I saw this. I thought it was quite accurate. Did you know, did you know that the that on Jan Mulby's uh, Wikipedia page, it said that he hosted a podcast called Mulby on the... <laughs> and- and that, and that, you know, just the, the name, you know, a name I made up, everything. Uh, he, Jan Mulby hosts a podcast called Mulby on the Spot. And then some decent soul amended it, um, for, you know, to try to be sound. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, yeah, uh, they, they didn't fully do it because, uh, they, Wikipedia credit now says, Mulby presents a podcast called Mulby on the Spot, co-presented by Trevor Downey from a field in rural Ireland, which I thought was a nice touch. But there you go. I'm actually on Wikipedia, lads. So I've made it. I think I'll just retire now. Um, Carl, finish this out. What have you, what have you got? Well, as someone who's been on Wikipedia for 11 years, I'll just, just thought <laughs> I'd drop that in there. Okay. Is, have you been on Wikipedia for all the celebrities you've bothered over the years? Is that it? Uh, celebrities, They've actually all edited the page. I'm not on anymore, but I was on the the, the page of a three-time European Cup winner. Um, Grace, big Grace, uh, no, not, not, not the not the G-man, no. no not, not, not Charlie. Um, Ray, I'm on Ray Kennedy's. Well, I was on Ray Kennedy's Wikipedia page for about ten years. But they've edited, they've cut stuff down, which I don't quite understand why. Um, yeah, uh, Copac Recommends um, is this week is going to be, I'm doing a musical one, which I don't do very often. Oh. But, um, um, well, you did you did your, your album of the week, which you did twice. <laughs> okay, so there's not only books or films to talk about, but I want to talk about the 1970s albums of Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah? Because I think people think about Stevie Wonder now and they think about high Park gigs and People with lighters doing part-time lover, and I just called to say you love you and all that sort of stuff. But his seventies albums, um, I'm absolutely obsessed by the, by the sort of the, the early seventies albums of Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder. But things like Inner Visions and Songs in the Key of Life, in particular, oh. they're just so. In- it's not just the music; it's just the stuff they're talk- he's talking about there. It's really heavy, sort of like political stuff. And I, I'm obsessed by, by by Nixon's America and, and what have you. But I just, if you've got any time on Spotify, just have a look at um, Songs in the Key of Life and listen to songs like Black Man and Village Ghetto Land and stuff like that. And um, it's a bit different from Part Time Lover. But the actual music is joyous. But the, as you say, the, the, the subject matter is is, uh, is fairly profound. So yeah, yeah, Songs in the Key of Life is a belter. Yeah. Honestly, folks, that's, that's a good way to spend some time on Spotify. Have uh, you um, quickly... Uh, have you seen that video of Marvin Gaye? Singing, oh, without um, the bat, without without oh, about the man, bat, without the music, man. without the background, yeah, that's that's uh, chorus. It is. Uh, what was the song you were singing? Um, I heard it through the gate, fine. Yeah, I heard it through the grapevine. That's it. Sorry, yeah. 
stunning. It's uh, it's it's it's. There's nothing better. It's hairs in the back. Nothing next stuff. Yeah, nothing better. The way he hits those notes, Mm. and it's Mm. effortless. Yeah, it's natural. Nothing better. I I I still have what's going on in my top. It varies between top five and top ten albums ever. Uh, so that that's how much I rate Marvin Gaye. That that music. I I swear to Christ, I listened to that album for two years solid. Just you know, I know every nuance of it. It's beautiful. Um, that's a good that's a good callback recommends. Um, Cam, what have you got to see us out with? Um, I've got two quotes. Um, quite I think relevant in the way our society, well, our parliament and democracy and the way the world is going at the moment. Um, Just sort of connected with that. So here goes, first one. The battlefield is a scene of constant chaos. The winner will be the one who controls that chaos, both his own and the enemy's. And that was um, Napoleon Bonaparte. The second quote, Democracy must be built through open societies that share information. When there is information, there is enlightenment. When there is debate, there are solutions. When there is no sharing of power, no rule of law, no accountability, there is abuse, corruption, subjugation. Sorry, I can't say that. Subjugation. Thank you. And indignation. And the person who said that, I'm really going to struggle with this, is, at Atifeti Jahajaga. No idea who that is, but I just really like that quote. Yeah, pretty on the money. Pretty yeah. on the money. And I do like the way you've tied the whole show back together in terms of the opening idea and the closing idea. Fair play to you, Cam Branch. That is, uh, that's pretty seamless. I like that. I like that. It's almost as if we planned this and we absolutely did not. Uh, yeah. So it's, 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 it's that time again. We're just gone close to the 70 minutes. So we should start wrapping it up. Christ alive. Another show without Morgan Freeman and the bees, but we will get there at some stage. Um, I want to do Netflix corner next week because we sort of t- touched on it a little bit. And um, before the mics went live. So have a TV recommendation for next week. Um, yeah, let's finish up this episode on uh, that nice little neat note that Cam finished us up with uh, thematically. Um, once again, uh, if for no other reason than to prove the cynicism of Carl Kopak wrong, uh, do continue to tell people about the show uh, whilst he ruffles his mic in the background because, um, you know, we'd like it to get even bigger than it is in terms of listenership. Um that's the kind of vain bastards we are. So do recommend it us to someone else if you've enjoyed today. I've been Trev Downing. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Network.